Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast. This is our Sunday Funny podcast, and it's Sunday... June 4th. June 4th, thank you, Eric. Yeah. I forgot the date already. <laughs> That's bad. That's what I'm here. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so, we were in Richmond this weekend. Uh, we wanted to record there, but we're back in Arlington. Yeah. Which is, you know, where we rightfully should be, so... It's really our best podcast are made, I think. We don't want to... The 703, not in the... What's the Richmond area code? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But we don't want to cheat on our basement. You know, that would be bad. Right. If we recorded somewhere else, I feel like they would be jealous and feel left out. I agree 100%. Eric is also rocking his Man City jersey. Right. Is there an occasion or a reason for that? Are you celebrating, like, third place? I'm still celebrating our Champions League win. Oh, did you guys uh, win the yeah, Champions League? I watched. Ronaldo did really well, so <laughs> it was very exciting. It is a win for you guys, I guess. In yeah. A, I mean, in a sense. You know, not in a sense. It's an actual win for us. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be moving on. Yeah. So what's I don't the, really uh, understand how soccer works. It's okay. <laughs> is Man no, City Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah, they're the same person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a team and a player. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they put everyone. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So what is happening? What uh what's going on this week in, in movie news? Movie slash Adaptation news. Adaptation. It wasn't a lot. It was kind of a light week. It was. Um the big the big stuff were trailers. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll put some links in the show notes for the two trailers we're gonna be talking about today, the first of which is The Mountain Between Us. Um based on a two thousand and ten novel by Charles Martin, um two strangers survive a plane crash and survive harsh conditions um in the mountains of Utah in the dead of winter. So this movie stars Idris Elba and Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. and uh, looks, I, I don't know, this is like a, I watched it and I was like, this is kind of like that Liam Neeson fighting wolves movie. <laughs> it looks kind of similar, it's like, right? Yeah, there's like cougars and yeah. harsh snow and wind and ice, and yeah. Idris Elba's beard is nicely flecked with winter, mm-hmm. and it looks, it looks nice. Yeah. But. I don't know. I, I mean. It doesn't look too interesting. Yeah, well, you know, the mountain between us, there's, at some point, there's probably me- going to be a, a physical mountain. Is it a metaphor? And there's also going to be a, an emotional mountain oh, between the two characters. Well, see, in the trailer, isn't she married? She mentions that she's married, right? And he's a surgeon, and he needs to perform his trying to go to Baltimore. Surgery. Yeah. Probably works at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, JHU. There you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, I imagine there's, there's probably a twist. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Kate Winslet forced him to get on the plane with her maybe who knows who knows but it looks in the end like they almost fall in love they kind of give away the ending they probably trailer yeah which is kind of annoying well they need to build up the suspense and like leave a cliffhanger so that you watch the film this is a movie basic movie trailer 101 it's gonna be like oh you have to watch kate winslet in the mountain between us she's so good it's like it's just a movie for the actors make you think it's oscar bay oh for sure yeah two Actors on a mountain for you know two hours. Yeah, that's like the definition of Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Kate Winslet. Have you seen Entourage? Like, that... <laughs> I haven't. Is that a is that a movie or? Yeah, uh, they tried to make a movie. Uh, snow, not snow jumpers. Regardless, regardless, it's irrelevant. Yeah, but it's yeah. very relevant. I just forget the title <laughs> of the Entourage film. But it's very Oscar baity. Um, yeah, Beatrice Shabo. I don't know if he's been nominated before. But he won the uh, uh, BAFTA, I, don't think so. I think, for... Beasts of No Nation? Yeah, it was, it was either the BAFTA or another, like, a Golden Globe or something. Okay. So he's well-received. Beasts of No Nation, a former Little Lens. Former Little Lens, check oh, it out. Yeah. Go to the website. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, Kate Winslow has probably, like, three or four Yeah, she's a, she's a big... She's all over the place. Big presence. 
Yeah. So and, definitely Oscar bait. But speaking of Idris Elba's beard mm-hmm. uh, and facial hair, mm-hmm. there's another trailer that came out this week with excellent mustache. Oh, wow. And it's... Uh, How ridiculous. Murder on the Morning Express. That was a great end to the trailer, but it was almost comical. Like, it didn't seem... The mustache? It was comical, right? It wasn't almost comical. It was comical. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Have you seen Poirot, like, this TV series? No. So it's, like, this little round guy. almost looks like a little penguin. But he's got, like, this short, like, little French curls to his mustache at the end. But this is, like... It's, like, waxed and big and It's gray. enormous. It's huge. It looks like a cat's tail. <laughs> it's disgusting. I'm interested in seeing it, though. Well, they kill Johnny Depp, and that's really what gets me into it. They kill Johnny Depp? I assume that Johnny Depp's character is killed, and they're trying to figure out who kills him. No, I thought they killed one of the women. Well, Johnny Depp doesn't show up after the murder happens in the trailers. I I think that's because he's the killer. I assume that he got killed. Oh, man. Well, either way. Having not seen any He's a part of of the death, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're all in on it, you know. That's true. Uh, This this comes out November, right? Uh, November 10th. It's a killer cast, too. So they have Kenneth Branagh is Detective Poirot, as well as a director. Johnny Depp, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, Judy Dench, Josh Gad, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Daisy Ridley of Star Wars fame. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a great cast. And I didn't realize, I was looking at Kenneth Branagh's like, um, directing filmography, and he's done a lot of like adaptations of William Shakespeare novels, um, as well as other like British British novels, and this is like fits his wheelhouse. Yeah, it, he did, also did Thor. He also he did is Thor, like a Shakespearean yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah. Which is kind of it's funny. I had no idea. Like I'd seen him in a lot of stuff, but I didn't. I had no idea that he had this like directing. He's a Shakespearean guy. Yeah. So he, uh, I'm excited for that one. I mean, it looks it looks decent. I mean, Michelle it's Pfeiffer, good. that white gold, you know, white gold baby. Uh, She's back. You know, but she could be back. She's been out for a while. So. Yeah, she I mean, yeah. Also wanted to go back to Mountain Between Us real quick because someone, namely you, Eric, forgot to mention who the director was. Mm. Hani Abu Asad, two-time Academy Award nominated director of Paradise Now and Omar. I think this is his first English, English movie, English speaking movie. So he's like a, I think he's like a. Where is he from? Is he Iranian? He's Danish. Da- oh, he's Danish. And Palestinian, I think. Okay. I could be totally wrong, but it's like a weird combination of the two, European and. Um, Middle Eastern. But yeah, are you in for Murder on the Orient Express? It looks cool. I I know the subject matter, the Agatha Christie, but I've not read it and I've mm-hmm. not seen the other adaptations of it. But people love this book, yeah. So I would imagine it's kind of hard to like mess it up too bad unless yeah. he puts an elaborate mustache on his face. <laughs> that could bring the whole movie down. Just the one mustache. Do you think it's too distracting? That's probably why he directed it, because he was like, my vision for this movie is only in the mustache. That's all I have. That's all I'm creatively bringing to this project, is this giant cat's tail of a mustache. So when I first read about this film, I thought it was Johnny Depp who was going to play Poirot, because it seems like he would be that type of character. Right. But clearly he's not. It's going to be Kenneth Branagh. I just And I thought, maybe it's a comedy. And doesn't look I watch funny. a trailer, and it doesn't look funny, but the end is like, the, you just go watch the trailer and try not to laugh. If you do laugh, that's fine. I just can't imagine it not being a comedy. Here's now. the thing with movie trailers now. The Imagine Dragons needs to stop. Oh, yeah. Like every, all... 
every trailer, there's an Imagine Dragons song playing. They're very, like, epic. I don't... Yeah. Is that it? In their music. I think that's what it is. It's, like, perfect, like, movie trailer music. But it's almost too perfect. It's almost too cheesy. But they change it up a little bit. So it's, like, you speed up radioactive... Or you slow down radioactive or something. And it's, like... Let the Imagine Dragons just do their thing. Yeah. Leave them out of this. Yeah. And, well, do you like that? I mean, there's a lot of, like, Kanye West... Songs yeah, now in trailers. like Power and uh, All of the Lights is, yeah. is in, has been in a trailer. It was in like the, um, uh, what was that trailer with Emily Blunt, the girl on the train? It was in that trailer. Yeah. Which just doesn't seem... Doesn't fit. Yeah. Imagine Dragons didn't fit with this one either, to me. Yeah. It's like, who's going to be like, oh, they put Kanye in this trailer? Whoa, I'm going to go see uh, this movie. Whoa, uh, uh, it has to fit, right? Yeah. It can't just be like, They're just oh, Beyonce. It's popular. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a cool song. I don't know. Yeah, I'm out on I'm out on Imagine Dragons as a movie trailer. <laughs> Me too. People. And if you're in on that, don't listen to our podcast anymore. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we are still fans of the Imagine Dragons themselves. Yeah, we like them. Just not when they use their music for bad. Yeah. You know. We should be the managers for Imagine Dragons. Well, it's hard, be hard to turn down paychecks, I think. <laughs> That's probably true. Anyways, so what happened with the box office this weekend, Eric? Box office... Uh, was wonderful, you mm-hmm. might say. Was it? Uh, Wonder Woman was the big release this week, and it went over... It wasn't the only big release. Captain Underpants came out, but Wonder Woman went over $100 million. Um, I think it, it will depend on, like, the Monday actuals and not the Sunday estimates, but right now it's, like, $100.5 million, mm-hmm. which is the 16th largest opening ever for a comic book movie. Wow. And I think the fifth largest DC opening ever... Um, or sixth. So, Batman vs. Superman, Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight, Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, and then Wonder Woman. Interesting. For DC. But That's pretty good. In the, in the, obviously, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises were the Nolans, and all the rest of them are in this new shared universe of DC people. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think, the, like, the best-received movie of any of those new DC mm-hmm. lines. So... Maybe they figured it out. We've been making fun of them yeah, for a little while. Yeah, uh, but our roommate saw it and he really liked it. Yeah. Probably we'll see it at some point mm-hmm. in the future. That's good though. This is like a big, it's a big film. It's a big, uh, it's pretty risky, right? Wonder Woman is like a pretty well known, but having like a, like a female as the lead is, is risky in any like big budget film, right? No. You don't think so? I mean, this is, I mean, it's the same, right? It's just like, with this, I don't think so. I think that's kind of like, it depends on the movie type. Okay. Depends what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Like you could have any lead in any movie and it could pop, it could not pop. But Gal Gadot is not like that well known. No, but I mean, the, the Wonder Woman is what sells it. Yeah. It's like the, the underlying IP is mm-hmm. what gets you to the movie theater. And also, the reviews are good. Yeah, the reviews are very Like, good. this movie could have been a 50 on Rotten Tomatoes, and obviously it's not going to make $100 million. I right, think, right. like, the relationship there is pretty tied mm-hmm. well. Or maybe, like, the how it ages from week to week. How the multipliers figure themselves out. It's okay. a whole funny business. But So that's the big one. That's $100 million. Captain Underpants is was, like, a little over $23, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think is that great. I think it was under expectations, but... It was cheaper than other DreamWorks animated movies have been in the past, so that's mm-hmm. not so bad. And Pirates 5, mm-hmm. I forgot what number we're on, 
Guardians yeah. 2, and Baywatch round out the top five. Okay. Yeah. What was Wonder Woman projected, just out of curiosity? I, I got to think, like, 90 plus. Okay. So, I think it, I think it beat expectations, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that... It, like, it wasn't like Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's great, though. Yeah, and it was the, the top opening weekend for a movie directed by a woman ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Beat, uh, what's the movie? Fifty Shades of Grey. Was the previous record holder? Oh, I didn't realize that was directed by a woman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 2015 opened at 85.1 million. Wow. Breaking records. Yeah. Well. Good for Gal Gadot and who was the director? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Good for that. Gal Gadot of Entourage fame as well. Apparently, as we put this full circle. <laughs> okay, so what happened in the Sunday Funday rundown? So Carrie Mulligan, what's she up to? She is to star in a new film called On the Other Side. The film was based on Kate Webb's autobiographical account of her time as a journalist covering the Vietnam War, where she was captured and um, held captive for nearly a month. Um, obviously, Carrie Mulligan is set to star as Webb. The film is set to begin production in t- spring 2018, so do not expect this one to be out for a little while. Probably, I would assume, maybe Oscar. It's 2018, hopefully. Um... So it's said to be produced by, by Megan Ellison, executive producer of Zero Dark Thirty, Her, and American Hustle. Uh, Megan Ellison was also named on 2014's Time 100 Most Influential People in the World list, as well as Mark Bull, who is a former journalist and uh, writer-producer of Her Locker, um, which got him two Academy Awards, and Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, and he also wrote and produced the upcoming film Detroit, starring John Boyega, as well as directed by um, Catherine Bigelow. So... If there's no director attached, these are all the people that are attached to the film. If I were to guess, Catherine Bigelow would be my best bet. The, the war does it. I think it's a weird. Carrie Mulligan's a weird choice for this. Like based on other Carrie Mulligan movies, she's. It doesn't seem like she's a war person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's never done a war movie. So yeah. it seems like on the surface, I know she's playing a journalist. It's a. Mm-hmm. It seems like off brand. Definitely. She seems more like the classical English yeah. um, type actress. Yeah. Um, but maybe she's looking for more range. And so, but we don't have a director. We don't have a... Do we have a writer? Is, this, is it like the script written? Uh, I, was, I couldn't tell. I did, couldn't tell either. I did not know if that was... I know Mark Bull, has, he writes and produces, so maybe he's being... If he's writing the script. on to write They just well. have the IP. Yeah, they just have the IP. Uh, this is, I mean, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Journalists covering the Vietnam War, where she was held captive for a month. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a physical, emotional, like, thriller, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's... This seems kind of cool. And yeah. Carrie Mulligan does a lot of good stuff. I don't, she hasn't yeah. been in a movie for a while, I don't think. Yeah, I don't... Or any, like, big movie. Not that I remember wide-released movie. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Should be good. Maybe it'll be a Little Lens podcast. Who knows? <laughs> we shall see. Everything's gonna be at one point. So what's up with uh, Julia Roberts? I don't care. <laughs> I'm <laughs> moving over on. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Doesn't matter. She's, she's, she's starting an HBO adaptation of Today Will Be Different. Um, another limited series is... We all love limited series here Who in America. Um, based on Maria Semple's novel, Today Will Be Different, tells the story of Eleanor Flood, who decides to change her life and become more proactive by taking the day by the horns. But everything blows up in her face as 
as it often does in, in books and movies, because otherwise <laughs> it wouldn't be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Megan Ellison and Sue Nagel are producing this. Uh, Megan Ellison, obviously, of the previous um, one we just talked about. Like, Julia Roberts being on TV is kind of a big deal, because mm-hmm. Julia Roberts still has some cultural cachet, but... Uh, I mean, it's HBO. Everybody's going to HBO. It's HBO, yeah. Everybody wants their own limited series, Well, how many HBO shows do you watch? You watch Game of Thrones and Silicon Valley. Um, yeah. I've seen other HBO shows. Yeah, I... Is HBO, like, still the big dog? I mean, I guess it is for prestige, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, everybody's... watch The Night Of. A lot of film actors are going to, like, these limited series things. So they're not tied down for seasons on seasons. Like, and that's where you can act, because you're not acting in Wonder Woman. Exactly. If you're making Wonder Woman, you're not, like, it's not a role. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, she, Julia Roberts hasn't really done anything. She's in the, uh, what movie did we talk about last week with the guy from Room, Jacob Tremblay? Uh, oh, yeah. Wonder. Wonder. She's Wonder. Okay, so she's, she's, she's working. Yeah. But she hasn't, she hasn't been anything, I think maybe since, like, August, Osage County. Yeah, she's, she's something like that. She's in this, like, terrible, like, mom, mom role, mm-hmm. like, part of her career. Yeah. So maybe she's just trying to break out, get something fresh and new. Yeah. I don't know. It could be good. Could be good. Could be good. We have no idea. I haven't read the book. HBO just puts out so much content now. I think it's because they realized that the Netflix model is right. Mm-hmm. And they just need content to keep people signing up for their service. Yeah. And you need to hit all different sides of the interest. Like, Big Little Lies doesn't appeal to you or I, but it appeals to, like, a demographic that you want to be a part of HBO. Yeah. So, eh, part of making content for everybody, I guess. This must be, like, a a reaction to competition, right? Because Netflix is... Even Hulu is coming up. Yeah, everybody's got something. Yeah. So, it's like, we want you to watch our stuff instead of Netflix's stuff. So, we're going to buy Julie Roberts' contract and say, hey, come watch us. So... She's a name. She's a name. She, uh... Hopefully, it's good, too. Gets the job done. Yeah. Last bit of news here. Um, so this is from the Ringers of the Watch podcast. Jeff Vandermeer has seen a cut of Alex Garland's forthcoming adaptation of his novel, Annihilation. And he likes it, Will. He likes it. Yeah. Uh, he says, quote, it's actually more surreal than the novel. Uh, there are a couple places where I was like, I might need an anchor here. The ending is so mind-blowing and in some ways different from the book that it seems to be kind of seems to be the kind of ending that, like, 2001 or something like that, people will be talking around about... Talking about... This is so, like... Why talking about around the water cooler. For years. Visually, it's amazing. I must say that, and that's all I probably should say. Like, that's okay. That's a lot of... Can we clean life. up this quote in, like, journalism, please? It's a ringer, dude. There's not journalists. Uh, so, yeah, basically, <laughs> you take issue with his, like, his, uh... Self, like... He's very into it. You said, but you take issue with the name checking of two thousand and one. Well, the issue I have is you're setting the bar so high. You're already comparing it to two thousand and one. Don't you want to do that as a writer, though? Don't you want to? You're like, building up hype. My that, movie is going to be dope. You should see it. Yeah, you're building up hype, but you're also you might be building up too much. People are going to see that and be like, "Oh, it's like two thousand and one." And if it's not, if it doesn't hit like two thousand and one, you're going to miss. You're going to miss hard. It's just, it's setting your unrealistic expectations. Let the movie be whatever it is. Don't compare it to something else. That's my view. 
I, I, really, I don't I, really know a lot about the plot of the movie. Like, I imagine it's not at all like 2001. No, it's not. He probably just means visually, emotionally, the same kick mm-hmm. or the same, like... Effect, maybe. Yeah, as, as the final shots there. And that's fine. I mean, it's if if he's that excited about it, that gets me excited. I just I just think it, it could, like, be shoved back in his face, basically. I feel... So, and this could be wrong, the people... Fans of Jeff Vandermeer probably don't have a lot of faith in Hollywood adaptations of their favorite books. Mm-hmm. And his vote of confidence is a vote for, like, the diehard fans of this genre mm-hmm. to see the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big trilogy. Um, the Southern Reach trilogy. I think it's Annihilation, Acceptance, and Authority. If I'm not sure if I did that in the correct order, but... Um, they're pretty short reads. I haven't. I have the first one. I haven't read it, but I, I think they're pretty popular. Oh yeah, especially yeah. on Amazon and Kindle. Well, he's a hugely popular writer now. He blew up in the last like five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's been writing obviously since he was younger. Mm-hmm. But it's the last like four books that they, they got him. Fame. Now he's a yeah. He's like a famous writer now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We were just talking before that. I, I think it's a little. I don't know. He's excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's all be excited. I'm not trying to say I'm not excited. I'm just saying, whoa, pump the brakes. Let's not compare it to one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. That's all I'm saying. I think it's going to be the best movie ever. And I think (laughs) that there's no no doubt about it. Cut. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down. Yeah. You can Um, blame me if it's not. Okay, I'm going to blame you. It's on you, Eric. Right. (laughs) No, but the film uh, stars Oscar Isaac, among some others. I can't remember. Top of my head, but it is being directed by Ox Garland, I think his name is. He's the director of, um, what was the... Ex Machina. Thank you. Ex Machina, and there's another one, I think, that he directed. He wrote the book that became The Beach. Leonardo DiCaprio's The Beach. Yeah. So, it's in good hands. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Um, So, anything else? No, I think... Is there anything... We'll be back next week, right? Happening with Shia LaBeouf, or... No. No Shia LaBeouf news. My Google alerts didn't go off this week. What? So, so he's gone. Week. He's gone AWOL. He's gone into yeah. the woods. You know, June is a slow month for Shia LaBeouf news, unfortunately. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. Shia, if you're listening, you know, we'd like any news. It's good news. Yeah. <laughs> Drop a mixtape. Do something crazy. We love you. Yeah. Shout we'll, out Shia LaBeouf. Shout out Shia LaBeouf. We'll be seeing you soon. Anyways, that's it. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next Sunday. Or we'll see you tomorrow. Peace out.